how inclusive is the Christian faith? I know that might feel like a little bit of a hot potato issue on a Sunday morning, but I ask you, brothers and sisters, let's take a wider look at that question. How inclusive or exclusive is the Christian faith? I think we've all heard it. We know somebody that lives next door to us that's a a very faithful Buddhist. Can that person be saved? We know the person that lives down the street who is agnostic, doesn't know if there's a God or not, but but is very well-intentioned. Is that person included? We see these people that maybe live in a a foreign country in Africa who have never seen a Christian missionary walk into their camp. Could those people be saved without knowing Jesus? These questions undergird our society because it's, it's a question that a lot of people in our society wrestle with. A lot of Christian churches themselves wrestle with this question. How exclusive or inclusive is the Christian faith? And so today, brothers and sisters, I want us to take a look at that question Not with guesswork, but instead with John 14 being used as our guide. Especially the words that Jesus uses in John 14, verse 6. When he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's why we've got two phrases on our board. I know this is crazy. You know, Pastor never actually uses the video board uh, during his sermon. But today, we are going to take a run at it and we're going to use it. Because I think these two phrases really do a good job crystallizing what happens in our society when people talk about the inclusivity of salvation or the exclusivity of salvation. Read along with me, or follow along with me as I read uh, number one and two. By trying to make salvation as inclusive as possible, human beings make it about what they have done for God. And by doing so, they make salvation exclusive of every sinner. Don't worry, I'll explain what I mean by that. Number two, by making salvation exclusive, God's saying human beings are only saved by grace through faith, Jesus is inclusive to everyone as he holds out salvation to anyone who trusts in him. And we're going to read through those in light of what John chapter 14, verse 6 says, because it says something very, very clear about it. It says something that might be a little uncomfortable about it. And yet, we know that when Jesus speaks in John, his words drip with the gospel. It drips with welcoming. Let's take a look at that first one. By trying to make salvation as inclusive as as possible. Let's stop there. That's sort of what I was talking about at the beginning of the, the sermon, right? People that look around and they see the nice people in their lives, they see the good people in society that that seem to care about other people, and they go, Yeah, but even if they don't have Jesus, they can't be condemned, right? That can't be how that works. And so in order to make it inclusive, in order to make salvation inclusive, they say, you know what, yes, we are saved by Jesus, but all these other people can be saved if they try really, really hard. If they're very, very kind to those around them. Do you sort of see what happens there? All of a sudden, that's not about what God does for us anymore. It's about what we do 
for God. And so by trying to make it as inclusive as possible, trying to say as many people could fall under the umbrella of salvation, human beings make it about what they have done for God, and by doing so, they make salvation exclusive of every sinner. If we say that heaven is for the good people, who gets to decide that? Who gets to decide who the good ones and the bad ones are? Not me. Not you. Not society outside these, these walls. No, if we're going to say that human beings can be saved by what they are giving back to God, then I suppose we have to use God's standard. And that's delineated for us in Matthew when Jesus says, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So if you are going to try to include everybody in salvation because of the things that they do for their fellow man and they do for God, then that is the expectation. Human beings have to be perfect. And so that disqualifies every single one of us. Isn't that a mind-boggling thought? By trying to make salvation inclusive, we actually exclude every single human being from being able to receive it. Because if we are using God's standard of perfection, there is no way that you or I will ever be able to meet it. And so we flip it around. And we hear those words of John 14. And we listen to, to the second phrase. By making salvation exclusive. And I know, I know what you're thinking. That sounds really, really ugly. But by making salvation exclusive... Human beings being saved by grace alone through faith. God is actually including everyone. By saying that, that it doesn't matter who you are, salvation is held out for you. You are not excluding everyone. In fact, you are including them in that offer from God, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Yes, the exclusivity of the gospel. Jesus saying, no, you can't be saved by works. You have to be saved by what I've done for you. Actually offers salvation. Not to the ones that think they're good. Not just to the ones that know they're bad. But to all people. I want you to think about that in light of your past. If our salvation was based on us striking some balance between good works and bad works. What if we've got a real nasty one in our past? The one that sort of breaks your heart every single week. The one that, the one that has blown up your family. The one that has blown up your life to the point where you are living so differently now because everything in your life that was good has been stripped away. If salvation is based on overcoming that sin, overcoming those, those dirty, nasty sins that, that live inside of each and every one of us, then we have no hope. But by Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, nobody comes to the Father except through me, what is he saying other than your works don't count when we're talking about salvation? No matter what baggage lies in the past, 
no matter what things you wrestle with in life, Jesus says salvation is still right here waiting for you. He says, when I am looking at your salvation, it is not your works plus my works equals eternal life. It is my works equals eternal life. That, that is what Jesus means when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Please know, brothers and sisters, as we read through that verse, Jesus doesn't say, I am a way, a truth, and a life. He says thee. That no one could come to the Father except through him. And there are really one of two ways that we can take this. Especially as we are talking about a friend that's down the street that doesn't believe in Jesus we can really approach it one, or, uh, one of two ways. One, we could get mad at Jesus. We could get mad at him. We could say, I don't like the way that you procured salvation for human beings. I don't think you did a good enough job because if I were Jesus, if I were the savior of the universe, I would have saved everyone. I would have saved everyone whether they trusted in me or not. Yeah, option number one, brothers and sisters, when we see unbelievers in our life that don't know their Savior's salvation for them is we can get mad at God. Or, or, we can take the way, the truth, and the life and put it right in front of them. Put that peace that dwells in our hearts right in front of the people that we love most. Show them that Jesus doesn't just say he is going to show us the way, but instead he calls himself the way. He doesn't say if you keep this, 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 and this, you will be with me in paradise. He just says, I am preparing a mansion for you, and I'm going to come back to take you there. That is true peace. That is a truth that no one else in this world has. And that is a life Worth living to the fullest. I think when I, whenever I read this, this passage in scripture, I often think of a few years ago, um, it was actually Jamie and I were in a car. We were driving to a wedding rehearsal. And she was the maid of honor, and I was actually in the wedding, and we hadn't started dating at the time. Uh, so we, we sort of knew each other, but not super well. But as we were driving over there, we were supposed to hit traffic, which meant we were going to be about 10 to 15 minutes late to the rehearsal. And uh, as you can imagine, the maid of honor being there on time was sort of important. And as we were driving, we get on the interstate and it's backed up and I said, hey, what if we just take a back road? Let's just get off the interstate and we'll take a back road. I know more than the GPS knows, I'll get us there. We should have been 15 minutes late to the rehearsal. We were an hour and 15 minutes late to the rehearsal because I realized that all of the roads that we were trying to go down weren't actually taking us to the, the church. We had to get back on the interstate and go the rest of the way. Brothers and sisters, that was a very confusing and frustrating time. And it's almost shocking that my wife married me after that one. Amen. But could you imagine if it wasn't a wedding rehearsal dinner that you were trying to attend... And you were confused about salvation. 
You were confused about the mansion that is waiting for you. There are people that live like that. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know the way. Even when the rest of the world plows through life having no idea what lies at the end. You know the truth. When everyone else in this world is getting their truth from social media, from the news, from their neighbor, from somewhere else, and it seems to be moving and shaking every single time they wake up in the morning, you know the truth that lasts. And you have a life that you can live to the full because you know what lies at the end of it. And you see the hand of God working in your life day by day. Brothers and sisters, that is the real peace. That is real peace, knowing the way, the truth, and the life. And yes, no one comes to the Father outside of the Savior. All the more reason to take that Savior and put that way, that truth, and that life in front of your eyes, in front of your family's eyes, in front of the eyes of every single person you come in contact because it is a different way of living entirely. It is a life of forgiveness and it is a life of freedom that so few know. Brothers and sisters, when God speaks, we hear the words of Jesus. If you notice, that's how Jesus ends our gospel for today. He sort of goes through all of these motions to try to make his disciples realize that what he says has credibility because he and the Father are one, and if they knew him, they know the Father. He was telling the disciples, and yes, he's telling you today, that if he points at you and says, forgiven, justified, mine, then that is just as good as knowing that the Father in heaven is preparing that room for you. Brothers and sisters, may we always live in that peace. Amen.